This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. I am willing to live in the eternal blessing. Yes, I am. And I am grateful that there is an eternal blessing for us to live in. Hmm. My name is Jennifer Hadley. I love A Course in Miracles. It sustains me. It excites me. It invigorates me. I'm grateful and thankful to be able to share. And the title this week comes from a section in the text entitled The Ego's Use of Guilt. It's chapter 5, section 5. And uh, we're, we're talking about how it is that the guiltless mind cannot suffer. To me, that is one of the statements in the text that rings out, that it has such a ring of truth, we remember it. The guiltless mind cannot suffer. So this is what we're looking at today. And let's begin with a prayer. Let's do that. Let's begin with a prayer. Hmm. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart. Let's take a deep breath together and be grateful, 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 grateful. Gratitude lifts our vibration up above the battlefield. When we can be grateful, not for anything in particular, except that our life is the life of God. Our mind is the mind of God. Our heart is the heart of God. And in this world, our hand is the very hand of God. We are grateful and thankful that we don't need to feel guilty. We are not guilty. We be not guilty. And any sense of guilt that we have can be lifted off of us if we are willing to give it to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of our wrong decisions if we allow it. And right here, right now, we are moving into that allowance like never before. So we're giving up the guilt. We're giving up the habit of feeling guilty. And we're giving up the habit of poking other people's unconscious guilt. Let all 
guilt be dissolved and resolved permanently back to the root cause because we join together today transcending time and space by means of this recording. We are grateful that it brings benefit to all. Our joining brings benefit to all. So grateful and thankful that we do not have to make anything happen. We allow it to unfold. We allow it to be. We allow ourselves to relinquish the blocks to love, to recognize guilt is a construct that has no power. Only love is a power. The power of love is awake and alive within us, and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm, what a sweet prayer. Yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> ah, well, again, thank you for joining me. Our topic here is the guiltless mind cannot suffer. We're looking at section five in chapter five, which is entitled The Ego's Use of Guilt. So let's dive into it here. Jesus says, perhaps some of our concepts will become clearer and more personally meaningful if the ego's use of guilt is clarified. The ego has a purpose, just as the Holy Spirit has. The ego's purpose is fear, because only the fearful can be egotistic. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? The ego's purpose is fear, because only the fearful can be egotistic. Now, I hear something like that, and the way it lands in my heart is... The ego's purpose is fear. And remember, the ego is a thought system. So I think of it as an inanimate thing. I, If you have listened to this podcast for many years, you'll know that oh, somewhere five or six years ago, maybe longer, I started to... really bring home the point that the ego is not a thing that has volition. It has no ability to choose. We are of God, and the ego thought system is a construct. It is not a living, breathing, animated thing like we are. We can identify with the ego. We can believe that we are the one who is the ego, but it is a device that allows us to believe that we are separate in this experience. But we are not separate in this experience. So it's just like A software on a computer allows you to do certain things, but it cannot do anything if we do not engage it. So 
just like a software on the computer, somebody has to put data in it. Someone has to turn it on and set it up for it to run. Has to, we have to install it and turn it on and run it. So we can unplug it, we can deinstall it. Now, probably a psychologist or a psychiatrist or someone who's studied the psyche would say to you that without an ego, you would not be able to experience this world. You'd be a vegetable in your human experience. You'd have a uh, without the ego, you, you wouldn't be able to experience this world. So the thing is, is we can use the ego without being identified as the ego, just like we can use a computer without thinking we are the computer or that the computer is part of us. So going back to the statement here, the ego has a purpose just as the Holy Spirit has. A computer has a purpose. A dishwasher has a purpose. A dishwasher can wash the dishes. And we can set a timer on the dishwasher. I do that almost every day, run the dishwasher during the night. And I like to wake up in the morning in the wintertime and open that steamy dishwasher and let all that warm, steamy air out. But I don't like to do that in the summer, right? But I don't want it running when I'm falling asleep or the household is falling asleep. Anyway, it doesn't have a mind of its own. It can't turn itself on if I don't set it up to do that. So the same is true for the ego thought system. The ego has a purpose just as the Holy Spirit has. The ego's purpose is fear because only the fearful can be egotistic. So if we sense we're fearful, we're identified with the ego every time. That's obvious. I think we all know that. But here's what I've learned to do that might be helpful to you, is when I feel that fear, or I notice that there's fear, because sometimes we don't feel it, but it's operating in our mind. Sometimes we're not sensitive to it. I know for a long time, I was not sensitive to what was really going on with me. In fact, I worked very hard not to be sensitive to what was going on with me. In my late 20s, back in the 80s, I started seeing a spiritual counselor. Best thing I ever decided to do, truly, was a game changer for me. And I needed it because I was really, really uh, struggling and I'm glad I found a spiritual counselor because that's what I was interested in, was spirituality. And when I was in college in the early, in the late 70s, early 80s, I did take some classes in psychology and philosophy and these kinds of things. And I was interested in that. But I'm glad I made a turn towards spirituality. And, uh, of course, I know many of my closest friends 
who are deeply spiritual beings are actually psychotherapists. And so it's very common that these things blend together. We're training ourselves to recognize when there's discordance in the field, when there's fear arising, and to go the other way. When I notice that my thinking is not enjoyable, sense of worry, I might not feel it emotionally or physically, but I can notice mentally, oh, I'm worrying, I'm ruminating on things, I'm trying to figure things out. Just even that, and I've talked about this many times, just even that thing, I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure out what I'm to do here. I've got to figure out why is she talking to me that way. I've got to figure out how to please my boss. I've got to figure out how to help my child. Even these kinds of thoughts, these, we might not feel afraid when we're thinking them. We might feel quite calm, but Even those thoughts are fearful thoughts. Because if we're aligned with our higher Holy Spirit self, as I call it, if we're aligned with the divine, if we're open and receptive to inspiration and intuition, we do not have to try to figure things out. We open our awareness and simply say, I'd like to know what's the highest and best to do here. I'd like to know what am I to do here. I'd like to know what is the most loving choice for us here. I'd like to be guided to the most loving, inspired choices. And I'd like to see them clearly and know clearly what is the highest and best thing to do. We're in that kind of thinking when we are connected to spirit. And this is why trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers. Because the person who is developing trust, we don't start just trusting We develop trust. That's why I so frequently talk about that section in the Manual for Teachers. It's section A, right at the early part of chapter 4, what are the characteristics of God's teachers in, in the Manual for Teachers. That section A, development of trust. We develop trust. To me, trust is a spiritual practice And we must practice it to have trust and faith. To me, faith is an innate skill or talent or way of being, faithful, that is uncovered when we practice trust. Faith is inherent in our being 
This is what I believe, what I know for myself, let's put it that way. I, I see it for others, too, because in the power of love ministry, in our ministry, in our programs, every program has within it, embedded into it, the practice of developing trust. Because every spiritual student is in that experience of developing trust. If we already have a great degree of trust, which I now have, I still can have more. I can still be more faithful, more placing my trust in God. And any time that we are placing our trust in our perception, in our opinion, in our judgment, we will suffer. Why? Because it's a fearful choice. So the ego's purpose is fear. The ego has a thought system that's designed to reject what's real and to affirm what's false. So the ego thought system is systemized thought. (laughs) That's funny. But it's true. It's systemized thought to have us turn away from what's true and what's real and to turn towards what is false. What could be scarier than to be identified with a, a false construct and digging in deeper, minute by minute, thought by thought? What could be scarier than that? So the more frightened we are, the more deeply we're digging in. And it's one thought at a time. And so just as quickly as we can drop into a hole of fear, into quicksand of fear, a quagmire of fear, just as quickly as we can drop into that, we can get out of it by holding on to our holiness. So the ego's purpose is fear because only the fearful can be egotistic. The ego's logic is as impeccable as that of the Holy Spirit because your mind has the means at its disposal to side with heaven or earth as it elects. But again, remember, both are in you. So I'm going to share this again. So this is the first paragraph, section 5. In chapter 5, the ego's use of guilt. Perhaps some of our concepts will become clearer and more personally meaningful if the ego's use of guilt is clarified. The ego has a purpose just as the Holy Spirit has a purpose. The ego's purpose is fear because only the fearful can be egotistic. The ego's logic is as impeccable as that of the Holy Spirit because your mind has the means at its disposal to side with heaven or earth as it elects. But again, remember that both are in you. So choose ye this day 
whom you will serve, God or mammon. Mammon is the earth. Mammon is ego. Mammon is personality. And when I was really having to be extremely vigilant, and it was not easy for me, I used to say that to myself all the time. Choose ye this day whom you will serve, God or mammon, God or ego, God or personality. That's what I used to say to myself. So maybe that would be helpful to you. And so when the fear becomes apparent that we're choosing ego thoughts, the fear becomes apparent that we're choosing ego thoughts. That's when we can say to ourselves, the moment we start to feel agitated, uncomfortable, uh, when we start reaching for some way to self-medicate, when the stinking thinking has us going around and around and around, that's when we can interrupt that thought pattern with, okay, Jennifer, choose ye this day, this moment, right here, right now, Whom will you serve? What will you serve? God or ego? God or personality? Love or fear? What are you going to serve right here, right now? To me, interrupting the pattern is 99% of our healing. It's the willingness and the capacity to interrupt that pattern that is everything. Now, one of the best ways that we can interrupt this pattern is to be willing to not let ourselves suffer. So many, 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 many people have been taught to believe that they're not worth loving, they're not worth caring for, they're not lovable, they are not beautiful, they are not magnificent, they are not radiant, perfect love. Many of us have been taught that, and we also, many of us, believed that when we were born, and our life is for the purpose of undoing it. And so... This is how we do it, to quote the song. This is how we do it. This is how we undo it. This is how we undo it. This ego logic attachment, the attachment to thinking with the ego thought system. Our willingness is all that's required. The company of heaven will pull us upward if we're willing, but we do have to reach upward. And I mentally think of myself as reaching upward. And there are many times when I simply will just use that physical gesture to help me. I raise my arms up and I say, I am willing here and now. I'm willing to be lifted up. Yes, I am willing to be lifted up. I'm willing to rise above the battlefield. 
Now, to me, here is an important and valuable point. In this first paragraph, Jesus says, The ego's logic is as impeccable as that of the Holy Spirit. The ego's logic is as impeccable as that of the Holy Spirit. So here's something to ponder. How could that be? How did the ego's logic become impeccable? Now, it's something that was made, the ego was made, and we, being of spirit, we were created. This is a distinction from the Course. Ego things are made, spirit things are created. So, the things of this world were made, they're temporary, they're not eternal, so the ego is a temporary construct that allows us to experience separation as well as time and space. Time and space, separation, they all go together. Eternal, infinite, they go together. Different thought systems. I used to be really, really bothered by thinking I don't have enough time. And then I remembered, holy cow, I'm infinite, I'm eternal. Time is a false construct is related to the ego, which is related to fear. How could I not have enough time if I'm eternal, if I'm infinite? Hmm. So the ego thought system made to serve spirit. Because what else could it be? What else could it be? So we can unhook from it. And if you're interested in really putting that pedal to the metal on that, I invite you to join me in one of my programs. You can find everything that we've got going on at jenniferhadley.com. Come on down. (laughs) We'd love to support you in undoing this fearful thought system. All right, it's time for me to take a break, and I am so happy to remind you, you're listening to A Course in Miracles. My name is Jennifer Hadley, and I'll be right back after this short break. tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. My name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles. And just a heads up that everything that I offer, you can find at jenniferhadley.com or livingacourseinmiracles.com, livingacourseinmiracles.com. At both websites, we have lots of free resources, lots and lots of free resources. Just some of the things we offer are inspirational text messages. They're free. Uh, We offer the podcast episodes, and many of them we have transcriptions for. Uh, We offer the... 
daily prayer. I write a daily blog and record a daily prayer, which I publish by email and on the website every day. You can sign up for that. It's totally free. Uh, When you sign up for that, you'll get a a weekly newsletter that just tells you what the upcoming events are. And on Sundays, we have Sundays with Spirit, which is a free inspirational service. I am very often the speaker. I am usually there. And we have all kinds of wonderful guest speakers as well. We've had John Mundy, Lisa Natoli, David Hoffmeister, uh, Karen J. Gardner, Freedom, Cartwright, uh, just on and on and on. Many wonderful guest speakers over the years that we've been doing it. And so you can listen to all of those recordings. And we have a podcast for that as well. So the Sundays with Spirit podcast. Lots and lots and lots of free resources. My prayers, which I call the prayer for today, that's in a podcast as well. Tons of stuff. Good heavens. We love to offer free things. And we also have courses and programs that are paid courses and programs. One that's coming up uh, here that you may be interested in uh, this month of July is the End My Self-Sabotage Challenge. So if falling into patterns of fear and guilt, uh, mentally ruminating on things like I used to do, one of the things that used to happen to me is I would feel threatened by somebody or some situation, and I would ruminate on it nonstop, just constantly ruminating on it over and over and over and over again and it was painful and it was also a complete use of my uh, misuse of my mind it would be like drilling down 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 into despair into a sense of hopelessness and then that drilling down mentally would agitate me emotionally. I would feel despair, like I said, and uh, anger, hurt. It would trigger all of those uh, mental and emotional patterns, just cycling in on myself like a hamster on a wheel. And then in order to somehow stop it, I would self-medicate with alcohol, with food, with exercise, with work, with talking, 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 talking on the phone with friends and going over the same things again and again and again, trying to look for some clue, trying to understand it, like I talked about at the beginning. Trying to understand things is an ego pattern because the ego cannot understand things. Because the ego is not a thought pattern of truth. There's no way when we are ego identified that we can actually understand what is real and what is not. When we're ego identified, we can't understand what things are for. So we give them meaning. We give everything in this world, on this street, on my body, in my life, in my relationships, in my conversations, all the meaning that it has for me. So then I'm just 
recycling toxic waste into more toxicity is really what it feels like. And to get out of it, to sometimes just get off of that particular hamster wheel, I would have a few drinks, have a few too many drinks, and then I would be hungover and be in a place of despair. So it all went together. It all went together. Some people, to get off of the stinking thinking, they go shopping. Some people, to get off of the stinking thinking, they go out dancing. But if you're doing it in a way that's self-medicating, it absolutely will lead you to feeling worse about yourself. So even if you're exercising, if you're doing it to self-medicate, then it can lead you to feel worse about yourself. It doesn't have a healing effect. Now we can use going out for a walk in nature or going for a run in nature or even going to a yoga class or something like that. I teach yoga every day online on Zoom. The We can do these things to change the channel. But if we're not connecting to spirit, it's not going to really have the effect that we would like. It will just further entrench us in the ego identification, in the body identification. But there is a way, because we can move into the place that Jesus is talking about here in this section. We can find the place where we remember that a guiltless mind cannot suffer. So let's, let's go on here to paragraph 2, section 5, chapter 5. In heaven there is no guilt because the kingdom is attained through the atonement, which releases you to create. So, through the atonement, what does that mean? The atonement is accepting that there is no separation, that it's a false construct, it's not real, we are not separate, we are one. So, in heaven there is no guilt because the kingdom is attained through atonement, through accepting the unity of all life, through remembering the oneness, which releases you to create. The word create is appropriate here because once what you have made is undone by the Holy Spirit, the blessed residue is restored and therefore continues in creation. So, what we have made is this identification with the body, with the ego thought system. And it can be undone by the Holy Spirit. What I'd like to point out here is a fast track to... moving into the place where we recognize, in fact, we are guiltless. Because everything that's in this human experience is part of an illusion. So what's real is part of what Jesus calls heaven. So beyond this world, what's real 
and eternal and infinite, what we truly are, has not done these things in the illusion. It's all part of an illusion. It's not real. It's not eternal. So what the ego thinks of as our sins are not eternal, infinite, real. And so we can move out of the attachment to thinking that we are a sinner and that we are guilty and we should be punished. And if we're willing to let the Holy Spirit do it for us, let that higher Holy Spirit self undo all the consequences of our choices for the ego, then we can move into that place of recognizing that we are guiltless and so is everyone else and then we will no longer suffer. It is a flip of the mind. We don't have to figure out how to do it. We just have to be willing to do it. But we also have to be willing to give up all the meaning we've made for everything. And that's the tricky, sticky part. But it's only sticky because, as I've said many times, we get attached to what we've made. We get attached to it. We get mentally, emotionally attached to it. Another way to say we get attached to it is we get identified with it. It's part of who we are. It represents our worth in our own mind. Now, the chapter five is entitled Healing and Wholeness. And so we're looking at the section that's entitled The Ego's Use of Guilt, section five. At the very end of chapter five is a prayer that I often quote, and it's the one that goes, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I choose to let him by allowing him to decide for God, for me. When we make a loving choice, we're deciding for God. So we can allow our higher Holy Spirit self, which is our true identity, to decide for love, for God, for us. Because that higher Holy Spirit self is who and what we truly are. So we can put our holiness in charge. And our holiness blesses the world. What he says in paragraph 6 here of, uh, this now is chapter 5, section 7, which is entitled The Decision for God. He says, decision cannot be difficult. This is obvious if you realize that you must already have decided not to be wholly joyous, if that is how you feel. So if we don't feel completely joyous, 
it's because we decided not to. We decided to uh, judge ourselves. We decided to judge somebody else. We decided to believe the meaning that we've given to things. We've decided to see the past as though it's happening again now. And it's those decisions which cover up our natural joy. They hide our natural joy from our conscious mind. He says, therefore, the first step in the undoing, in the undoing of the belief that we're guilty, sinful beings who should be punished. The first step in the undoing is to recognize that you actively decided wrongly. And I I just think of it as, I actively decided not to think a loving thought. I actively decided to make an unloving choice. Okay, I can own that. I can own that. But because I actively made that choice, just as actively, I can decide to make a loving choice. I can go either way. And that is where I live in every moment. Which way will you go? What will you serve? Choose ye this day whom you will serve, God or mammon, or what you will serve, fear or love, love or fear. What will you choose? He says here, be very firm with yourself in this and keep yourself fully aware that the undoing process, the undoing of the identification with the ego is what he's talking about. Be Keep yourself fully aware, and this is one of the things I say over and over and over again in my programs, be fully aware that the undoing process, which does not come from you, it does not come from us, the undoing process does not come from the person who is identified with their personality, it comes from that higher Holy Spirit self. The undoing is not something we have to figure out or remember or any of it. It's nevertheless within us because God placed it there. It's within our holiness. So if we're willing, that's all that's required. If we're willing to undo That's all that's required. Now, in this prayer, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. The fourth line is, I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him. I choose to let him by allowing him to decide for God, for me. And mentally, I I change these pronouns. I do not feel guilty because the higher Holy Spirit self will undo all the consequences of my choice for fear instead of love. All I have to do is allow it. And I choose to allow it. Holy Spirit, undo all the consequences of any fearful choice I've ever made, any unloving choice I've ever made. Undo all the consequences in all directions of time and space. 
come into my mind, come into my awareness, lead my life, guide me, lead me. If we're willing, that's all that's required. If we're not willing, nothing can happen. And we can read all the books we want. We can go to all the retreats and seminars and listen to all the audios and do all these things. But if we're not willing to let go of the meaning we made of things and to release our attachment to seeing ourselves as sinners who deserve to be punished, if we're not willing to let that go, then this healing cannot occur. So the root cause of all of this dysfunction is 100% the belief in separation, and it is the belief in separation which is the cause of the unconscious guilt. The guiltless mind cannot suffer. So if we think of guilt as being a lens... Or, or the feeling of guilt, the thoughts of guilt, are the result of seeing through the lens of separation, which is a false construct. It's not a real view. It's like looking through uh, a some kind of screen. You can't see clearly what's going on. You're looking through a fog. The fog itself has no power. It just obscures the truth. So that ego thought system is like a fog that obscures the truth. It has no power. But if we are going to choose to stand there in the fog saying, I can't see it's too hard, I don't know what to do, I can never get out of this, I'm trapped, then we're going to continue to experience that. The way out is to reach up, metaphorically, reach up, just to give it a visual. And for me, it's helpful to literally reach up and say, higher Holy Spirit self, I am willing to see this correctly. I am willing to remember the truth. I am willing to be a loving presence in my life. I don't know how, but I am willing. Undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. I am willing now. And I share the benefits of my willingness and my remembrance of the truth with everyone. This is how we quickly undo that guilt. So we do not have to keep processing and processing and processing things. It's an old way. We can do it, and it's not wrong or bad to mentally cogitate on things and try to understand them and decode them and decipher them and all of that. That's not wrong or bad. It is helpful, but there is a faster way. 
There is a better way. And that is to give what I, I call it, give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting. So working with this statement, I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I allow it and I do right here, right now. I am willing. Holy Spirit, undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. So the shorthand is Holy Spirit, undo it all. Undo it all. With ease, with grace, with joy. That's what I'm interested in. And let me assist and support all my brothers and sisters in doing the same. I'm here only to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent the one who sent me. And I do. And I am. I am representing the one who sent me. I am choosing heaven. Oh, so good. So good. I'm going to jump down to paragraph five here. There's so much in this section and uh, we can come back to it. Just think of it, really. Uh, More than 550 episodes, so more than 10 years of weekly episodes. And I feel like I'm, it's not that I've just scratched the surface, but that it just keeps going. And I mostly focus on the text because it's just so rich and beautiful to me. So now we're chapter five, section five, paragraph five, (laughs) five, 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 which is a powerful number. If you know anything about numerology, the guiltless mind cannot suffer. That's how it begins. Being sane, the mind heals the body because it has been healed. The sane mind cannot conceive of illness because it cannot conceive of attacking anyone or anything. Remember, if you give yourself permission to attack, you will feel guilty. Then you will think you need to be punished. And so maybe illness will be the punishment that you choose. Somebody else would choose a different punishment, perhaps. But when we choose unloving thoughts, attack thoughts, we are standing with the ego, and the ego thought system says, I'm a miserable sinner. I deserve to suffer. I should be punished for my sins. Spirit says... You're not a sinner. Let's not judge the choices that you've made, the unloving choices that you've made can all be undone. All the consequences can be undone 100%. And instead of punishment, which you only learn through suffering that way, You can learn through correction. You can remember your true identity, that there is no separation. All of this can be remembered through correction. And that's what the Holy Spirit offers. So let me remember the truth of my identity, the truth of my brothers and sisters' identity, through correction and wholly and completely 
give up any idea that punishment is helpful in any way. But if we believe in attack, we believe in punishment because we believe in sin. And we will, when we attack, we will be waiting for the punishment. So in order to move into the full release of guilt and suffering, we must be willing to turn to the Holy Spirit to undo all the consequences of our wrong decision. Because the consequences of our unloving choices are that we feel we deserve to be punished. Very simple. The Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of our unloving choices if we allow it. The the consequences of our unloving choices are that we believe we should be punished. If we believe we should be punished, we will always be looking for the punished punishment to come, and we will not be satisfied until we get it, because we believe we deserve it. And that punishment can come in the form of all kinds of things that feel like suffering. It can be illness. It can be despair and depression. It can be anger and resentment. It can be um, bankruptcy and failure. It can be all of these things. People leaving us, abandoning us, or are believing that they're leaving us or abandoning us. What if we're pushing them away because we deserve, we believe we deserve to be punished? Are they abandoning us or are they doing what we ask them to do? People get angry at us when, not just when we're unloving to them, but when we're unloving to ourselves. When people who love us see us being unloving to ourselves, it can anger them. They feel hurt too when we are unloving to ourselves. So these victim patterns are all aspects of separation, of course. Uh, All victimhood comes from the belief in separation. All guilt comes from the belief in separation. But we're not separate. So we don't have to heal these beliefs one at a time. We do not have to undo what we have very, it's like fine needlepoint, our personality and our belief system. We don't have to undo it thread by thread, stitch by stitch. That would be the ego's way of doing it. The Holy Spirit's way of doing it is, are you willing to let it go forever now? Yes, I am. No, I'm not. But I'm willing to be willing. I just don't know how to be willing. Okay, we're making progress. So I am willing to be willing is a powerful healing statement. Obviously, I could go on and on and on about this because it is so helpful and healing. But I don't have time for that right now. (laughs) So, 
I am going to wrap this up. And I just like to remind you of all the resources we have. And we have the End My Self-Sabotage program coming up. It is one of the best deals we offer. You get counseling, you get counseling with me, you get counseling one-on-one, group counseling, group sessions, uh, really beautiful resources of in-depth worksheets to work so you can get absolute clarity. People often say it is a mind opener, a game changer, a life changer. And it is ridiculously affordable. So, and we even have plain payment plans. So whatever you can do, if if we ever have a payment plan for a program that doesn't work for you, we'll work a, a one that's special just for you. That's how committed we are at the Power of Love Ministry to supporting you. We also have spiritual counselors and spiritual counselors in training. So the spiritual counselors in training will work with you on a donation basis. And come on down. Come see what we're offering at jenniferhadley.com, at livingacourseofmiracles.com. So many resources for you. Truly, if you're willing even a little bit to do some of this work, you will have extraordinary results. That is the nature of doing this miraculous work this healing at the level of the mind. So let's come together and do it together. All right, let's say a prayer. So grateful, so thankful for the infinite love, the pure intelligence, the light that is our very essence in nature. We are grateful to share the benefits of our healing with everyone. We give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting. We are grateful for our willingness. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Mwah.